What's the deal? What's the deal? Politic in the podcast, man. We back again. You like my radio voice? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a smooth operator. Nah, I'm just playing around, <laughs> man. But here we are, Rigamore Studios, downtown San Bernardino. So what's the deal, man? I don't even like these headphones. I'm going to take them. But man, let's get an introduction, man. Tell the people who you are. What's up? This is Aries K. So what are you, a songwriter, rapper? Singer, songwriter, and rapper. So how long have you been doing music? I have been doing music for a very long time now. So um, I started writing and singing when I was a kid. And then I, in high school, kind of started like doing more with it. So I started kind of like trying to perform places just around like town uh, when I was in San Diego. And then um, I ended up doing a demo when I was like 17 or 18. And then I went to um, I went to school at the Musicians Institute, which is in LA. So that's uh, where Anderson Pack went to school, and like I missed him by like a couple years. Yeah, my, my my cousin went there. Oh, for sure. Okay, cool. It was it was a cool experience. So like it was good because where I'm from, there wasn't necessarily like a lot of people doing music. So I needed to get into that environment where. Um, you know, there was people that I could connect with that were doing that in like a bigger level. You so, know. So, what was your major? So I did vocal performance when I was there. Yeah, and then um, I did some projects there, and then some family stuff had me move back to San Diego, and I moved out to the IE. I want to say 2014, and then started. It had been a little while since I had kind of done anything. I sort of hadn't worked on any of my own stuff. Like, you know, been kind of maybe singing backgrounds for people or doing some things here or there, but not my own writing. So then when I came here, um, I kind of started getting back into that and started getting, you know, introduced to the community out here. And that kind of got the ball rolling for me uh, again. So now I'm back at it. So what projects do you have out right now? So right now I have two songs that I dropped on SoundCloud. And then those are two singles. And then the latest single uh, is on, you know, all platforms. That's Monsoon Season. So that came out October. A lot of artists aren't going to SoundCloud around anymore. They're looking at it as a deterrent. Mm -hmm. Now that you can get on these... uh, other sites through DistroKid and distribution yeah. like that. Everybody's looking at SoundCloud as like trash and, mm-hmm. and I don't like the way that people are shitting on SoundCloud because there's a lot of consumers on that mar- in that market. Definitely. That you could tend to, you know, and get your name out there that I just advise all artists to still get on SoundCloud. That's where you started. So why, why would you leave it? Right. All the artists I know started on SoundCloud. So why would you leave that that platform? You know what I'm yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I I agree. I think that the thing that's cool about SoundCloud, I mean, it is so easy now to get your music on streaming. Like it's so easy to get on Spotify. You just you have to pay. I think it's you know like forty five a year if you're on, you know you have like that package that's like the best one, and then you can get on there. And like, but I think that SoundCloud is cool because there is no there's no filter to it. 
Like a lot of people can be on there doing a lot of different things. And you could look at it as a place where people kind of put out things that are a little more rough, but mm -hmm. that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like we're getting to see artists from their very beginnings. And so I think that's cool. And I agree with you. There's no reason to kind of like abandon it. There's, it, you can always put your music out there. You can always build with that community. And I don't know, like I never use SoundCloud that much, but I know that it's kind of also like a social networking, right? So you're mm -hmm. able to kind of like, message right, comment on people's stuff. Like yeah. Stuff like that. yeah, that's very cool. Like, what other what other platforms do we have where you can like, at minute you know one fifteen, be like, hey, like this is a vibe or like oh I like this right here I think it's because they were free when they started off and then they started to charge and cap you mm, okay and everybody loves it when it's free but then the moment that they have to pay or, or yeah. give back that's when people tend to like shit on you and leave yeah you. very true it's, it's that's true it's that people do business like that but mm -hmm. it's just the way it is yeah yeah no that's absolutely true it's one of those things I kind of think like I think when you said that, it made me think about Wikipedia. Because you know how, like, every year around this time, Wikipedia will solicit donations? Yeah. But the way that they say it, it kind of makes you want to donate to them. Like, they're like, hey, look, this is, like, an information-sharing source. Like, we do our best to moderate it, and um, we try to make sure that these things that we're putting out here are factual, but this takes, you know, a staff of people. And so, can you please help? It's the holidays. Like, can you give... I wonder how that works for them, because if so you, it's yeah, the campaigns, the way yeah, they yeah, it was no like newsletter or any announcement or nothing. Mm -hmm. It was just out of nowhere. You wake up and they're charging you. Yeah, and yeah. It was abrupt. I think that that was a bad business move. Yeah, on SoundCloud. Yeah, that left the door open for Spotify to swoop in and kind yeah. of like steal their their headway. Yeah. Because Spotify is the new wave. Yeah. That's where you see this new thing on Instagram of all the artists posting their stream numbers. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. What is Everybody's that? been... <laughs> it's weird, actually. Yeah. All of us... I don't remember that from last year. So is that a new feature? Have you seen that? Or are you on Spotify? Yeah, I am. Did so... you receive that? Did they just sing that to Yes. You? I mean, I'm new on Spotify now with the stuff that I'm putting out now. So, like, I don't have that many streams. So I wasn't going to go out there and brag with, you know, my. I just dropped this single a couple months ago. But, like, I think it's that Spotify for artists. So when you have the app Spotify for artists, they'll give you all your analytics. So they'll tell you how many streams, in what countries, and where which is a very cool feature it's very very cool um because you can gear let's say you want to do a tour okay i have this many listeners in you know new york and new jersey and connecticut so like i'm going to do an east coast tour and i can even see like where in new york they are like what you know like what part it is like let's say they're in the city or they're outside like that's a pretty cool thing um and just to be able to keep track of it but i think People people want to celebrate, like, the success that they've had, you know, and right. I totally feel them on that. But it does get to the point where it is another way of kind of a status symbol, in yeah. a way. Clout, How many streams did you get? chasing again, yeah. you know. It's yeah. just another thing, man. Yeah. I haven't seen anybody with hundreds of thousands of streams. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, you dropped 30 songs and got 10K plays. Mm -hmm. Thank you, but you, you're... Barely on your way. Mm -hmm. yep. You yep. know what I'm yep. saying? Yeah. So it's nothing to brag or boast about. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think that's kind of like trying to shit on other artists. Interesting. Yeah. I could see that. I could definitely see it that way. The competitive nature in hip hop does need to return, though. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's a good thing. Maybe people will see a rapper they don't feel as better as them Mm -hmm. with more streams and be like, you know what? I got to go harder Mm -hmm. because how he get more streams. Mm -hmm. So maybe it will wake the community up and make everybody up their game. Interesting. So you say the competitive nature needs to come back. I like. I want to hear more about that. Like, what do you mean? Well, by that? if you pay attention to the history of hip hop, mm-hmm. when Lil Wayne was at the top of the game, Katrina happened, mm-hmm. and the whole Cash Money moved to Miami. Mm-hmm. That's when they start doing this music with Akon and Khaled and mm-hmm. Rick Ross, and they start doing these "We Taking Over." It was more of like a conglomerate movement. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A collective. Right, right And that's right. how they all are still sitting on the top of the game. Right. Because they moved together, you know what I'm saying? And For put sure. themselves in a position. Yeah. So then it was a new thing in hip-hop where, oh, we see that we can get way more money mm-hmm. working together, doing these features and yeah. doing these tours. Mm-hmm. Then it became more of a friendly thing. Right. And took away the competitive nature behind it. Mm-hmm. And that's when Kendrick had dropped that that verse. It was a couple where he was, uh, I think it was on the Big Sean song, where he was talking, he dissed yeah. everybody on yeah. talking about bringing back that competitive nature yeah. because it does lack in hip-hop. Definitely. So, because I wonder, like, it's interesting because it is kind of like a new, it is kind of, I guess, like a, the collective is something that we've seen before, but, like, I guess it's it's definitely becoming more, like, important in hip-hop and like in in music in general too because i see it in in other like facets of the music business but the way that i always look at it is competitiveness it doesn't to me i'm not sure that it's necessarily like the best environment to to thrive in you know what i mean like as a creative as a creative Yeah. yeah because but i do see the value in it because Yes, and also I think it depends on what motivates you. Like certain people who are motivated by uh, competition are may, might be losing out on not having that element because they're like, okay, well, I'm just out here. Like there's nobody that I'm like holding myself to, so like why do I even have to like put that much effort into it? Yeah. But then like for me personally, I don't thrive on competition. I thrive on collaboration. So like when I feel like there's enough room for everybody, like when there's when there's enough for everybody to have some, that's what gets me excited. That's what makes me want to do it. When I feel like there's only enough for some, it kind of like it kind of discourages me at the worst or also makes me want to like step back and be like, well, maybe I need to let someone go in front, you know, and so like. I don't know. That's it's interesting. Like it's also probably leads into more of a political discussion too. <laughs> yeah, well, me personally, I thrive under pressure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like make me uncomfortable makes me comfortable. Interesting. So, I love scenarios where I'm the underdog. Mhm. Because the majority of the time I feel like I'm not the underdog. Mhm. So the moment that you you sleep on me, yeah. Is the moment that I'm like, okay, let's get it. You know, yeah. it, it gives me that fuel, that fire. I feel that. So yeah. I love when people sleep on me and underestimate me. Yeah. Because that's when I truly shine and I get to show you who I really am. Right, right, right. And yeah. So, 
That makes sense. I, I, I believe that if you had that, you would have more, mm-hmm. you know, diversity in the rap mm-hmm. and not everybody trying to sound the same and get on the same type of records and make mm-hmm. the same type of music. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's a good point. Because if, if we're in a mindset of, like, we're making this together, it does get a stamp on it. It has yeah. a certain sound. And when and I take his flow, I yeah. make that same sound. Or I go to that same producer mm-hmm. that made him a hit. It doesn't matter. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Nobody's going to look at me like, oh, you're a weirdo. You're just jocking him. Right, 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 right. Interesting. Hmm. I don't know. Music, man. So who are your top influencers as far as music? So it's kind of a little bit of a, like, variety. Because I have the, because I'm a singer and a vocalist. So I can tell you the people who influenced that. Like when I was a kid, Whitney Houston, you know, I grew up in the 90s. I grew up listening to Whitney and Mariah and um, and Christina Aguilera. I was really influenced by her. I thought she was amazing. Um, also Celine Dion. I like her vocal. So like on a vocal level, absolutely like. I would say those four ladies. Um, And then when it comes to like more the creative side, I was super influenced by Erica Badu, loved Erica Badu, everything like as a kid, just was like listening to her albums all the time. Like just, you know, again, like growing up in the 90s, but I love her spirit and I love not only how she is a incredible singer and songwriter but also a true creative and she's bringing that to change things you know she's she's here not just to have a beautiful voice and to write something that touches you but she's also here to try to make you think about things differently and um and bring you know awareness to to things that we didn't know about like the album that she dropped a few years ago now about the where she talks about how cell phone frequencies affect bees and now we see bees dying like all over the place and i didn't know about that before she said that you know um so definitely erica badu and then in terms of like the rap and the hip-hop side um outcast and I'm, I used to live on the East Coast, so I'm definitely very influenced by, like, all the East Coast, Bad Boy, Biggie, all of that. Um, I grew up listening to that, too. And E-40. E-40. Yeah, yeah. My, He's on my top for me, five. E-40 kind of <laughs> helped us grow up, you know? Yeah. It, it was like street instructions, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the morals, G-code, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He told you the game, you know yep. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Like it's so many E forty records that are are never been played on the radio yeah. that are good smashes. Like you yes. turn it on, everybody knows this. You yeah. Know he is prolific. Like yeah. the amount of music in his catalog, which already like from what we hear is extensive and I'm sure there's so much more that like you say we ha- we don't even hear. Yeah. And like he literally makes words like you know what I mean like he makes his own words he has like his own dictionary of terms that he's created that like we use and I think that's that's like to me that just sets him apart yeah my my stepdad he's from Stockton okay cool he's from up there so you know he's like oh Black Panther Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying rah rah yeah listening to like 
Run DMC and like mm-hmm. Public Enemy, Rakim, yeah, all these East Coast rappers, yeah. But then he had turned around and turned on some Too Short and E Forty, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, how can you go from yeah. Public Enemy to Too Short? Like, how did you yeah. do that? <laughs> you know, so we need balance. Yeah, you can't, you can't be. I forget who was talking about this the other day, but like, there's, it's okay to like, be to have balance in your art like it's okay to make a political statement and then make a club banger you know what i mean like yeah. we can't be a hundred percent all the time on one thing or else it's going to create problems for us so like that, that's cool that he does that so what is the message behind your music like what would you classify your sound as? i would say my sound is what i'm i'm trying to a big part of who i am i'm aries right and a big part of who i am is astrology what I really want to do is I want to reconnect people to a part of their humanity that I don't think that we focus so much on. And that is through more of like a spiritual and astrological take on who we are as an individual. And I like it because just talking about, I'm like, I always do bring astrology into the conversation, so I'm sorry, but I have to do it. But when we're born, the planets align uniquely for each of us so each each one of us it's not just your sun sign you know i'm an aries but it's your moon sign your venus sign the degree of the planet every it's to me a miracle that like each of us has something different and that creates who we are as an individual but then again i can create community through that because now i'm talking to all my fellow aries or i'm talking to my fellow fire signs sagittarius and leo and it's just like a great way to sort of um, show that we can be both a part of a community but also an individual. So that's kind of what I want to bring about in my music. I want to bring about that sense of community. I want to have, I want to be a person who is a part of a community and brings together a community and does and works for the community, does something good for the people that are around me. But I also want people to not lose themselves in that. And so a lot of what I bring, you know, so far, like the stuff that people have heard from me so far, it has like a sensuality to it. Um, but I also try to make sure that, um, you know, in like my rap verses, you know, I, I try to bring about like imagery. I love using wordplay. You know, I love to make people think about things a little bit differently. So I think in the future, what I'm hoping to bring forth and what you could expect to see from me would be a little bit more, um, a little bit more insight into the current state of things, a little bit more insight into what I hope the future holds and like what I think it could. So that's that's kind of where I'm going with it. For sure, for sure. So yeah. what, what future projects do you have coming up? So right now, working on an EP for 2020. So in the studio, getting that together. I'm really excited about that because I think, you know, I want to take this opportunity to show the things that I'm thinking about and also like the different facets of me as an artist as in, on an EP I think it's a good idea to show people like everything that you can do so you know you might see a track on there that's a little bit more vocally geared and has the harmonies like the first song that I dropped bitter I didn't rap on that one at all but it was very like harmony heavy and I did you know a lot of concentrated more on my vocals and so you might see something like that, but you might see another song where like I'm just rapping and maybe singing the hook or maybe I get a feature. Um, 
And so I kind of want to show that diversity of who I am through that. Um, and then just kind of doubling down on like the imagery of me, you know, of Aries and what that means to me. So I saw you perform at Common Ground. Yeah. What's your affiliation with Noah James? So I met Noah actually, when did I meet Noah for the first time? Um, I think it was out in Pomona. I think it was at DBA. He did a show at DBA. And then I started talking to Lisa. So um, she's, you know, they work together and she manages him and, and she creates like all that stuff behind the scenes for the common ground and everything. So I've just sort of been going out to some of those events um, out in Pomona, going out to the common ground. And then I started doing the open mics. Um, so I think I did like maybe two or three open mics at the common ground and then Noah was like hey we have to book you for like you know like have you perform and the last one they did like the mixtape sets that I think they used to do back in the day and they brought it back so I was able to do two songs um, which was amazing and so I'm hoping in the future maybe come back again do a full set okay. yeah so I see you go, you're going to be at the Soul Sesh yeah studio yeah now. yep White Paint Larry studio yeah yeah, I'm very excited for so that. So how did you get plugged with Future Soul? So I went out to their last show. Actually, it was, it was I think, two shows ago, um, the one that they did at Viva La Boba. So I went out to that and then, um, you know, just, just kind of introduced myself and um, was able to show them, you know, what I do. Because I think it's – I want to kind of get to know people more out here uh, in San Bernardino, in this area, because I've been mostly out in Pomona. So I'm realizing, like, the IE, the music community out here, is thriving, and there's so many people out here that I don't know. So I just kind of introduced myself, and I was like, hey, you know, this is who I am, and if we could, you know, maybe work together on something. And so then they booked me uh, for this coming show. So I'm excited because there's people in the lineup that I've never met before, and um, I'm excited to meet the people who are going to come out to the show. I'm, ex I'm assuming and hoping that there's going to be like a lot of new faces there. So it's going to be cool. That's why I started this platform to shed light on creators out here in the Inland Empire. Yeah. Because there is no hub. You have to always go to LA or mm -hmm. or down Hollywood that way to yeah. get something like this. You know yep. what I'm saying? So yeah. I wanted to provide that to the community and a staple in the community as far as the, the artists and the hip-hop you know yeah which is so amazing and appreciated like I think that we can all do what we're doing as artists but if there's nobody who's documenting it or making it important or creating a platform for it then it's just sort of like it's cool but <laughs> like where is it going who's gonna hear it where is it going you know so I think that's amazing. Um, we don't all have to try to book it to L.A. every weekend because we're building something here in the community, which is pretty cool. Okay, so here on Politics in the Podcast, we always have to touch on some political issues. Okay. So right now, it's been this, like, nine-week impeachment hearing that just came to a close. Mm -hmm. And the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, went on and said they're pushing forth with the articles and impeachment. Okay. Which means that there were just a committee that was submitting for the upper committee to see if they're going to actually impeach him. I see. So okay. 
this is the Democrats' ploy right now. The Democrats have the majority in the House, so they have the power to push forth mm-hmm. with the impeachment. Mm-hmm. So if they do impeach him, it doesn't remove him from a job. It's like an indictment. Oh. So it's like we're formally saying you're being charged with this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't remove you. So the, the president can be impeached and still keep his job. Right, 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 so right. Even if they push forth and impeach him, in court, this evidence is not going to stand up and the charges mm-hmm. are going to get thrown out. Mm-hmm. So you're going to basically impeach him for show just to try to demean him again. Mm-hmm. Be right before the election. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The last, the Nixon impeachment off of Watergate after he was spying t- was like a two-year investigation. Yeah, yeah. So how did y'all do this on Trump and like, 18 weeks. Yeah, yeah. Why is this impeachment so, like, steadfast? Mm-hmm. Like, these Democrats, man, like, I'm a registered independent. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I used to be a Democrat until Obama's second term. Mm-hmm. I didn't like what he did. It was mm-hmm. a few things that really pissed me off about what Obama did. Because mm-hmm. I thought that his second term, he was actually going to be for the people. Mm-hmm. And he was actually going to do something, you know. Yeah. He was yeah. a new hope. And yeah. what he did with that was be a complete puppet again. Yeah. And I that turned me off the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And then Hillary Clinton, she just was committing all type of crimes. Mm-hmm. And she got pardoned by Obama so that she could run for president. So that was mm-hmm. a weird thing to me. Like, how yeah. you get pardoned? You're supposed to go to jail and right. get pardoned. They sealed the file and say, you, you can't even be charged with this. We can't even investigate it no more. Yeah. After a server was hacked over 18 times mm-hmm. and computers taken over by the Russians. Yeah. This is fact. Yeah. But they try to turn around and say collusion right. with Trump that was actually debunked also. Right, right. So it's like no, in no way, shape, or form I'm a Trump supporter, but if you look at what the Democrats are doing, it's ridiculous, like, Mm-hmm. And somebody just completely trying to slander somebody over and over and over and over mm-hmm. because they have no candidate to beat them. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree that that's their tactic. Yeah. I think that that's something that um, that they're doing on purpose, you know, to create a situation where, like, he, like you said, it's not going to remove him from office, and the timing is pretty, like you know, good to be doing it now before we have this election. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, a lot of the time people think like the ends justify the means Mm -hmm. and, you know, they don't want him in there and they believe that he's doing things that are damaging. And so they're going to do whatever they can to get him out. And if that's what they can do, it's kind of fair game, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I could see that, I could see that side to it for sure. Um, Especially if a person is doing, you know, things that are just like crimes against humanity or things that are horrible. Right. You know what I mean? It's kind of like um, but like I agree, there's there's a lot of corruption to go around in both of those parties. And I don't think that I don't think that there's I don't think that the Democratic Party is have their hands clean in any way. (laughs) Are you Democratic? I'm like you. I'm registered independent. So. Since I've been of voting age, so I voted in what, like two elections? 
Because like I became, yeah, I voted for Obama the first time. So like yeah, when the when he his first term, that was my first time voting, which was super cool. Um, so I've always voted Democrat, but um, that's not to say that I wouldn't vote a different way if um, if I thought that there was a better candidate. So I voted you know. for Obama the first time. Yeah. The second time, I didn't vote for president at all. Mm, mm-hmm. And then this last election, between Hillary and Trump, I just sat it out. Yeah, I yeah. Like, nah, I'm just not, I actually I'm did, too, for the last one. Yeah, I did for the last one, too. Like, yeah. crazy. I didn't feel as good, and I have family that if they hear this, they'll be mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel as good about voting for Hillary as I did for Obama. Because I don't, I didn't feel that she represented what I was hoping that the country would move towards, mm-hmm. you know. So, but I sure as hell was not going to vote for Donald Trump. So I did just kind of sit it out, and I, I think, I wanted to explore the options for like uh, some of the other candidates. Um, and honestly, I kind of feel bad about it now because I'm sure that I know that there was another candidate that I was interested in that was like from a different party. It might have been like a Green Party candidate or something like that. But unfortunately, we know that, especially in a state like ours, like it's already kind of predetermined, like what's going to happen. It's not like we're making a huge difference when it comes to voting for president. Like we're already a blue state. It's already going to have those Democrat. So me voting for somebody in the Green Party is not going to necessarily like do and i i hate to say that because if everybody feels that way it's not going to make any change but you know it's it's always kind of like you have that feeling of like well that's not like a good use of my vote i guess so so do you have a candidate for this 2020 election yeah so i've been i wish that i i shouldn't say i wish i my goal is to get more educated on it before it comes time to vote because I do want to be an educated voter and I've looked a little bit into the candidates. Um, I know that he's not at the top of the pile when it comes to like who's, uh, who is like out in front, but I really like Cory Booker. He's the former mayor from Newark. I'm, you know, East coast. My family lives on the East coast. So I think I feel a connection because of that, but also he did a great job there. And I think that, the thing that I like the most about him is Donald Trump has created this situation in our country, this paradigm where the way that we communicate with each other is crazy. <laughs> like yeah. how the way that we speak to each other, the way that we talk about things, I feel like there's such a lack of hope for the future. And I really do think that the president has a responsibility to talk to the people in a way that can give them hope, that can unify them, bring them together, and make them think about the issues with a sense of calm. And Cory Booker, I like the way that he talks. I like the things that he's saying, so I agree with his policies, the things that he's saying. I want to look more into them, but I, so far what I've heard, I agree with what he's saying. But beyond that, I like the way that he says it, and I think that's super important because the president is largely a figurehead. Like we know there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that the president isn't in control of, but they are the person out there talking to the people. So I would want that person to be somebody that sounds intelligent, that sounds like they know what's going on, that sounds like a person that I could trust and like maybe follow that's a good leader. And I I found him to be the person that I thought like had those qualities the most, I guess. 
Well, the front runners for the Democrats right now are Elizabeth Warren mm-hmm. and Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think Bernie is number three. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's a lot of people that's pro Bernie mm-hmm. trying to give him a strong push. Yeah. They, they're back again trying to put a woman in the White House with Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. And they thought that they had some firepower with Biden. Mm-hmm. But his corrupt past not being connected yeah. to Obama yeah. just shed light on all his, uh, mm-hmm. his yeah. business ventures with the private private prisons and yeah. his offshore businesses and mm-hmm. his, his sons working with Russian companies and right. stuff like that. Right. So Biden has lost favor real fast. So yeah. I don't think that he was a valuable candidate and the whole time what threw me off about Biden was you were Obama's man. Mm-hmm. Why Obama didn't come out and endorse you? Yeah. He came out and pardoned and, and endorsed Hillary. Mm-hmm. Where is your endorsement from Obama? This is true. And this <laughs> it's not a good Obama sign. <laughs> has been completely quiet. Yeah. And he said nothing. Been spotted. Hmm. And yeah. tabloids. Nothing. No endorsement for Biden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is not a good sign, considering no. how closely they worked together for exactly. <laughs> a long time. So that, yeah, that right there smoked him out. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, but I don't think that if Elizabeth Warren actually does win, mm-hmm. I don't think she's going to be able to win any states really to hmm. defeat Trump. So it's going to be like a cakewalk. Hmm. Interesting. See how, so Bernie, you think would have the best chance of beating yes, him? Yes, they have yeah. to do something to push Bernie to the yeah. forefront. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's the only chance that the Democrats have yeah. to beat him in 2020. I'd like to see that happen because I don't want to see Trump as president any longer. I really don't. I I will say there are certain things that Bernie talks about. Everything that he talks about sounds great. Mm-hmm. I wish that I knew more about the practical aspect to it and how we're going to make it happen. It's very impractical. That's how it sounds. Healthcare yeah. for all was very impractical. Mm-hmm. Obama tripled the deficit to mm-hmm. give us Obamacare. Yeah. And the moment he left, they had to revise it. Now it's yeah. Trump care. Right. Because it was going to bankrupt the country. Yeah. Obama ran on it, and he had to do at least one thing he said he was going to do before he got off. Right, right. For eight years. Yeah. And he just threw that Obamacare. Yeah. They shut down the government for like... T- 40 days yeah. when he tried to push it through. Yeah. That's how bad they didn't yeah. want to do it. And he yeah. still pushed it through and tripled the deficit mm-hmm. so that he can save face. And then yep. he had the audacity to, to give his last speech and throw his papers in the air mm. and walk off. I don't remember that. That was some cocky shit. Really? Yeah. yeah. He was like, Obama out. Oh. He threw his whole <laughs> papers in the air. I was like, Damn. Man, he's a fool. He, wow. He really tripping out here. Wow. It's really a shame when people who are set up to make such a difference, and I'm not saying that he that he didn't, but like I think it's important for people to like realize what it means to be a politician. Like mm-hmm. people they go through so much to get to like that highest level. The people who make it to that point not are not always the people who really have the people's interests at heart. Like they're more willing to like maybe 
push debt off into future generations or whatever it is they, they're not worried about that so much because they just really want his family's going to be straight right like i don't think he his family probably has much to worry about so he's he's cool with that maybe and and he's just trying to make sure that the party looks good or that he looks good and yeah my, my main thing with politicians especially black politicians is that the white politician is for the white people mm-hmm. he, he's for the people but he is clearly aligned with the issues for mm-hmm. white people mm-hmm. the latin politician is clearly aligned with issues mm-hmm. for latin people the asian mm-hmm. same process mm-hmm. indian same thing but when the black politician gets in there why isn't he focused on the black community He's so busy trying to be a people pleaser mm-hmm. and, and please all that he's, he leaves his own people out. And I see that time and time again with all the black politicians. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why are we scared to be for our people? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As people, why are we... I, I, it's real, really frustrating for me to watch yeah. that. And, and then for us to get a black president and for him to not be the first president to not do nothing for black people. Mm-hmm. Even Clinton, uh, um, Clinton, uh, what's Bush, mm-hmm. Kennedy, all every all these other presidents did stuff specifically for the black community. Trump mm-hmm. did these, uh, what they what are they called? Um, opportunity zones, mm-hmm. Hmm. where this this is why all this gentrification is happening, where all these low income areas are now in opportunity zones to bring in the investors Mm -hmm. and giving them a big tax break so that they can come invest in these rural areas like Mm -hmm. we are here in downtown San Bernardino Mm -hmm. and regentrify it or Mm -hmm. upgrade it and bring in these businesses. Mm -hmm. So this is how we're getting all this gentrification in these these Fortune 500 companies moving in to these dead downtown cities because they're opportunity zones created by Trump. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and this is creating thousands of jobs for people sure. in yeah. the area. Yeah, this is true. And this is raising the economy. Yeah. And people don't say nothing about that. Right. And right. we didn't get nothing like that from Obama in eight years. Hmm. Interesting. We got, we got Obama phones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that too. Like we got Obama, Obama phones. phones. That's what he did. <laughs> He gave us government yeah. issue phones so that yeah. they can listen to us even more. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I think it's interesting what you're saying. I feel like it seems to me, you know, obviously not being black myself, mm-hmm. that there, it's there's more animosity towards black people when they try to do for their own community than any other group of people mm-hmm. um we we know the reasons for that or we know we we think we know that like a lot of the reasons for that right so i'm not like getting to that place getting to that point um of like where obama got to i'm sure he did feel the pressure to to not be that so strongly mm-hmm. because a lot of the time when someone is that so strongly there's this suspicion to it and people will shut you down Mm -hmm. and of course like the way things are and you know this is changing and I'm excited to see it change more and more there's a lack of diversity in those like upper echelon of politics to where you know you're going into a room full of people and yeah you're trying to appease them so I hear what you're saying it's kind of like 
it's like, why not? Like, why not just be for the people, like be for the people that you're supposed to be helping and trying to, to move this forward. But I wonder how far he would have gotten if he had committed wholeheartedly to that. And maybe like some people think, well, and I'm not saying this is right. And I hope that people don't continue to do this because I think that that just kind of solidifies and condenses like white supremacist power. But people will get into this mindset where they're like, well, I have to play this game that these people have set up so that I can get to this level so that then I can make make the changes that I want to make. Yeah, but then you sacrifice who you are to get yeah. to that level. Yeah. So then once you get there, you're so scared of losing that yes. power yeah. that you sacrifice yourself to get to yeah. that they always have you by the balls. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're, you're stuck. Yeah. Playing this game. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how it, that, uh, yeah. That show House of Cards. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't so watched that. Because it was a pretty, pretty good yeah. show. Yeah. They started to do like uh, gay stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I guard myself from intaking that. I'm not homophobic or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But when I'm at home in my chill area and I'm mm-hmm. relaxed and my guard is down, I, I really guard my energy. Mm-hmm. And when they just feed me this stuff out of nowhere, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. right feel. It's not like they set me up for the scene. They usually just throw it at you right in the face. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy and, like, yeah. real rough and, like, whoa. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so That's funny. I, I don't like that feeling, so. Yeah. When it comes on, I'm like a little child, you know Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I have to guard my face. Yeah, that's your prerogative, for yeah, sure. so it kind of turned me off the show. Yeah. But. But the political, yeah, I'd like to check it out. Like, that's definitely something. I mean, I've heard good things about it Mm -hmm. because I've heard that it actually does sort of follow, like, you know, the way that things kind of are. Like, it's a little true to life, you know. It's not Mm -hmm. just fantasy. Yeah. The the manipulation Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. goes on behind the scenes in in these rooms. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. That's the other thing. Like, we can sit here and speculate about it, but we don't really know what it actually is and that's that's what that's the thing that's unsettling there's there's two ways to go about that the one hand you could be like you need to be more transparent as a government you need to show us more or we can look at it and say they are never going to be transparent with us so we need to take the power back into our own hands and we need to just come together and kind of like recognize that it starts in our communities like we're not going to be able to always be I don't want to be in a position where I'm always asking somebody to do something for me or like always asking somebody to to relying on somebody else you know like making it happen here a lot of people are doing that and it's definitely not easy and people come in and try to mess it up (laughs) when people do it and that's like a horrible horrible thing but um I think that that is like in some ways like the best chance of ma- of making a change because always asking somebody else to like do to like be transparent with you be honest or like have your best interests at heart when you don't get to be privy to the conversations they're having or like what's happening behind the scenes is it's just like a little suspicious to me I don't know it never seems like it could work out me now that I'm a business owner and I'm in the business world mm-hmm. there is zero transparency really in business. Yeah. Zero. That's why they you, they tell you you have to 
separate your feelings, friends, and business. Yeah, friends. yeah, that's All true. All this stuff is yeah. reality because there is zero transparency. Yeah, it's always a chess move. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So yeah, I always make them react to me. Yeah, you make a move. Okay, I'm gonna sit it out. I'm gonna wait. You mm-hmm. know? And then bam, I'm gonna make you react to me. It's a game now. Yeah, I can't sit back and react to you knowing that you can't be transition like you know what I'm saying yeah yeah I yeah feel it. but before we get out of here tell the people where they can uh, find you okay on the for sure social media yeah am I looking at this camera right here yeah. <laughs> okay cool so Aries K um, you can find me on Instagram at Aries.K and you can find me on Spotify SoundCloud Apple Music all streaming platforms so yep I'm out here all right, all right, man. Politic in the podcast, man. We out.